Hello again, this is Charlie Belfontaine, and you're listening to the Home Buyers Hour on WCPT AM 820, where the facts matter. And this show is going to be all about me today. I am going to be the most special person in the world. Finally. <laughs> and what I mean by that is these are things that are very, very passionate or interesting to me. So we're going to talk a little bit about real estate investing, when the right building is there. And then also we're going to talk about what should the vendor be talking about when they do a real estate presentation. So we're getting into all that in the next 53 minutes and 30 seconds. But first, I want to introduce everybody else who's here with me. Uh, first of all, our guest, Luminita Isbas. Did I pronounce that right? That's correct. Hey, outstanding. I know she's from Century 21. At least I hope I'm going to be right on that guest. But Luminita, please, if you don't mind, take a few moments and introduce yourself and say hi to somebody special. Hello, so my name is Luminita Ispes. Uh, I'm from Romania originally, been selling real estate for over 21 years. I'm an investor, a real estate investor, a developer. I love remodeling properties, uh, manage my property, my properties, and of course, uh, teaching what I do. Uh, in addition to selling, I don't even say selling because I feel like I'm always helping people become millionaires. I've created lots of millionaires over the years, probably hundreds. I've uh, I've been teaching uh, finan financial freedom and how to become a millionaire with real estate seminar for over 13 years now. Now are those regular classes? Yeah, so I, every month I have the last week of uh, of the month, the last Saturday of the month, I have a either in person or a free webinar where I teach how to invest in real estate correctly. So and you, how do people sign up for that? Uh, either go to my website. I uh, have a meetup, but usually if you go to my website or re reach out directly to me, I'll add you to my uh, email list of invitations. Sounds good. And give us your contact information, please. So my um, phone number is 773-392-2906. My email is my first name, that last name at gmail.com. And uh, my website is my name, luminitaispas.com. <laughs> I'm on Instagram with my name, YouTube, LinkedIn, and uh, any other social media you're thinking. Sounds good. And you spell that L-U-M as in Mary, I-N as in Nancy, I-T-A, Ispas, I-S-P-A-S. And you said it's a dot com? Dot com. Thank you. Sounds good. We also have with us today my favorite real estate attorney, Patrick Loftus. Patrick, I, you know you're my favorite, but tell everyone else why you're my favorite. Because uh, I, you know, I pay under the table for him to, That's um, not true. you know, say <laughs> nice things about me. Um, you can find me on social media. I am at Loftus underscore law on Instagram. L-O-F like Frank, T like Tom, U-S like Sam is how you spell it. On TikTok, you will find me at Loftus Law. And that's probably the best place to, to find me, follow me, um, send me a DM, and we can go from there. Calling and texting these days is a bit fraught because, uh, you know, how many times do I get a call where it says underneath it possible spam? Uh, or is it possible or potential? Either way. Um, and, and, of course, I'm not answering that call. Even if it is a number that looks like it might not be spam I, I err on the side of you know yesterday I get a call and it's you know it's just a fax trying to fax me something on my cell phone which obviously doesn't work and that happens five five times a week for me yeah Same. yeah and i block every number every time doesn't it, it's, you just no, can't win you you can't block every number uh because they they just it's they, they're spoofing the numbers right so mm -hmm. uh they can make it look like they're calling from any number and so yeah uh, it, well whatever whenever they get to a point the scammers uh that is where uh they're not getting any traction they switch tactics and then they get some more traction so we're we're, we're always going to be you know fine there's always gonna be some new scam and I guess yeah. you know I, I welcome as long as it's uh, you know something I can just sort of go well that's annoying and it's not actually taking my my stuff uh, my money then you know I can just come here and complain about it to you know the tens of our fans and anyways <laughs> That's that said, you know, calling and texting. Uh, once we have established a relationship, and your number is uh, uh, programmed into my phone and, and mine yours, then uh, we can have a blossoming relationship, um, a business relationship. I'm married, so you know that <laughs> that avenue. If you're, you know, if you're a bit thirsty, 
that's this is that's not uh, and that's not what I'm looking not what I'm looking for. No, thank you. Um, but you know, if you're thirsty for real estate law advice and do you want to pay me my fee, then uh, come find me. Well, even if they don't want to pay you. Um, your fee, they can find out so much because you really do share a lot, all right, when it comes to your TikTok stuff. Yeah. And I learned a lot. And even on this podcast and this radio show, you know, you really do share a lot. And, some and would for that, say I'm I thankful. Overshare. Some would say I overshare. And, and, I, and I'm going to argue some of that. I believe the more we give, the more comes back. I'm a karma guy, and that's why you're my favorite. Yeah. And then I also have another guy that's opening up his own education. And, and I think everybody's really getting to the point where the more you share, the more it comes back to you tenfold, all right, especially when you're not looking at anything in there. So, Joey, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about what you're building and then give us the lowdown on what's going on in the mortgage world this morning, please. Why, hello. My name is Joey <laughs> Matthews, the VA Loan Nerd, NMLS 1330694. You can find me at thevaloannerd.com, which is going to be built out as an education space for realtors, for lenders, for buyers, for sell. Anybody who wants to go there is going to have access to information. So if you think you're afraid of the VA loan because you don't understand what it is and what it isn't, there will be a happy space for you to go. And we all love a good, safe space. But right? it's not just so, VA loans, right? It is, uh, I, 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 I know you're I, passionate well, I, towards I, it, but it's not I just do that. more than VA loans, but that right. website is very much specific to okay. VA loans. It, it, um, is, it is my hope that whoever you have doing the SEO on that is able to climb above the current. Whenever I Google something related to VA loans, it comes the up with the research center. You talking about the mortgage research center? I, I'm not. I'm talking about uh, a, a a mortgage company that uh, is good at SEO and bad at VA loans. I think you're you're probably you, if you, if I gave you three guesses, you'd you'd probably get that. Say the name. Say the name. United <laughs> Veterans something or other. Um, no, that's their, so that's that's their DBA. That's their doing business uh, as name. Veterans their United. Their name right? is the Mortgage Research Center. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look it up. They they are a company that preys upon. The pride of being a veteran, the United Word, you know, like the United States people like, you know, like that word. So, yeah, no, it's uh, predatory in my opinion. They are terrible and I don't care who knows it. Uh, Mortgage Research Center. So, yeah, that's them. Um, okay, I'm glad you're yeah, saying it and, and not me so I don't have to be um, a yeah. defendant in that libel lawsuit. I don't, um, care. I don't care. I mean, you know, if you speak the truth, then you're I good. I keep receipts. Um, but anyway, yeah, the, um, yeah, I want I want your website to to be higher up on the results than that other website because I I I to, in my opinion that will mean that people are seeing you they're getting better advice on VA loans and that in and of itself would be such an influence for the for the good uh, to to get the good correct information out there about VA loans. Now, Patrick, did you know that only three out of 10 veterans are aware that they can buy a home with no down payment? That's that's just tragic, you know. I, yeah, and and Joey, that, I think that's the kind of thing that that you and and you've you've uh, you've turned me to the good side. I used to be on the side of, of evil, where I'm like, eh, the alien. And you Ew. you've you have you through your powers of, of education and persuasion have have brought me to the uh, to the the side of the light. And I am now uh, not only an advocate, but I'm an evangelist for the VA. Loan. Loan. I, I every time I every time I learn something new. Like last week, Joey, we talked about that there is no actual credit score requirement, and you know if you're savvy and have have the right resources, I mean you you can go to the depths of the uh, you know with the right with with the right borrower, you can go to the depths of the um, you make it happen. Uh, uh, you make it happen of the the credit score and and still make that loan happen. And you know to be able to borrow with zero down and to to be able to let the public in on the secret that when an offer comes in with a VA loan and it's zero percent down, that that's not a that's not a negative thing to uh, to to take into consideration. That is at best neutral and probably a positive thing. You know, I 
to the tens of people that are going to hear this, hear it, <laughs> hear it, internalize it, and then go tell someone else or two or three people. We need this information to be out there and more broadly understood, like Lumi just said. And the best part, you can buy with a VA loan up to 40 unit building. I've seen so many veterans and I've sold so many three to and four flats to veterans where they end up living for free because the rest of the units pay entirely the mortgage and expenses. Listen up, people. You ever want to live, live for free? And, and, and Joey, can you buy more than four unit building with a VA loan? Is that possible? <laughs> Is it, it? Well, it is. It is. Oh. You Well, oh my gosh, there's, there's two <laughs> things here, right? Okay. So if you are a veteran by yourself, you could buy a five-unit building. As long as one unit is commercial, it is not counted towards the value of the property and the other four units are residential. So like a taxpayer, right? That you could do that. Um, you, technically, if you are a veteran and a veteran and you're doing a joint loan, you could buy a seven-unit building with two living units, four, uh, two commercial units. It, it, it goes it goes wild. Ooh, um, I just learned yeah, another new oh, thing. I love it. Seven it's units. just the yes. knowledge. It's knowing that it, you could do it is the key. I love it. I love and the it. fact that you can buy a mixed use. This is amazing. Do you have oh, to yeah. use the commercial for your own business as an owner-occupant or not? So you, you, you're allowed to, but because we cannot use the value on the appraisal, it really doesn't matter because we're not oh. going to be generating income from it anyway. So as That's long awesome. as the four units by itself make up the value of the purchase, you're good to go. Wow. Amazing. All right, Charlie, you wanted to transition us to another topic. Well, she you? brought in about the one to four investment and people living there for free. And that's part of what we were going to talk about today is purchasing an investment property. And, and Luminita, I'd love to just listen for a little bit. Tell me, how do I find the right building? Oh, that's for a me? great question. So it's all about the numbers. Um, I've been selling real estate through different economies. And I think my best lesson of how to buy real estate correctly was in 2008. Cause that's like the hardest time to buy. That was when the, the whole crash was going on. It depend. That's correct. It, it was it, maybe the best time to buy, good but point. most people so were not right. able to. But yeah. you, I had to learn why people were losing properties, right? Because I was working with short sales, so I still do short sales today. And I was seeing why they were losing their properties. And, of course, we were setting foreclosures. And I've realized there are very few three and four unit buildings that are going to foreclosures. The only way they were going to foreclosure were if they were in really bad shape and the, the owners didn't have the money to fix them up or they, the numbers didn't work. The cash flow was not working either because they had arm loans and the payment went too high. Adjustable rate. Correct. Or the owners didn't know how to manage their money. So going back to how to buy a building, you need a very good team that understands how to do uh, CMA on rentals. So when what you was that you just said? Uh, you need a very good team. No, how to do what? Uh, to do CMAs. Compared, compared to market, to, oh, market analysis. Yes. Thank you. Compared to market analysis and rental. I have a mental issue here. Acronyms don't work well for me. <laughs> so I always want to repeat what they say or oh, what they mean. Perfect, most, <laughs> that's perfect. Most of the buyers <laughs> want to know either. That I to say. <laughs> you know? So when you buy a building, you are buying it based on the cash flow and the rental income and the formula the, the perfect formula is that 75% of all the income coming from the property will cover 100% of all the expenses. So if you can find that building, you just got the winner. Now, there are a couple more things to it. If the building is very old, like I said, you can still lose it if you don't have money to fix it. So Joey here can tell you that there is a uh, there are a couple loans available. They are purchase plus renovation loan as FHA 203K or conventional with renovation portion. So you can still buy with as low as 3.5% down FHA, purchase plus renovation. And what you do, you upgrade the building, upgrade the envelope, the exterior, right? Whatever you need to do, and also interior. If you can add bedrooms, bathrooms, uh, features like washer dryers, um, central air, then you increase the value of the rent. So the the more you can increase the value of the rent, the more cash flow you're going to have. Is there a place where I could find 
what the average rents per neighborhood are, or is this something you can do so, if somebody wants to coach? Very good question. Usually, it's realtors that they will do it for you because, unfortunately, the websites, the information that's on our websites is not always correct. Uh, they use algorithm, right? And let's say two buildings next to each other. One has a three-bedroom, one-bath unit. The next door is two-bedroom, one-bath. It is going to give you a very similar rent. But let's say the two-bedroom was completely renovated, has washer-dryer, has central air. You know, it looks spectacular. It has more score footage than the three-bedroom. Rent might be actually higher than the three-bedroom. So that's why you have to measure the feature and benefits of every unit, and you need a, somebody that knows what they are doing to do that for you. Yeah. yeah. Moreover, um, yeah, you will find uh, every building is, is going to have its own you know characteristics in terms of who owns it so for example if you have a mom and pop landlord that maybe own six doors uh six units i know we're cool we're going to use the lingo um <laughs> they're, they're going to have a different um they're going to they're going to have different uh Requirements, you know, what what they would need to get out of the the building is gonna be different than if someone is managing 150 doors. Okay, Correct. so for the smaller one, the cash flow is gonna be more important than necessarily uh, the the larger landlord who's going to be able to afford. Perhaps they're going to have some percentage that are vacant, you know, just rolling over uh, as as time goes. Uh, whereas with a six unit building, you are likely to, and if that's your only building, you're likely to um, not want to rock the boat. And uh, over time, those buildings will have, you know, the, the rents won't go up and, you know, the market will have increased. And th those are actually good opportunities for someone that wants to come in and buy. Uh, and I'll, I'll let Lumi kind of, um, you know, talk about, you know, why those are good opportunities. But when you're, if you're going to use those to compare what market rents are, uh, you're going to come up with a wrong, with with a, a figure that's not going to be representative. Absolutely, and uh, especially the last three years, rents have gone up at least twenty percent. And you have tenants in place three years ago that were already under the market, that they are so under the that units are so under the market compared to where the rent is today. So if you look at buildings that have not been renovated in a while and that have long-term tenants, their rent could be sixty cents at a dollar. So that's why it's so important to understand what is the current rent. And if you do remodel a property when you buy it, number one, you are going to rent it to the top dollar. So now you can afford not to raise the rent for a few years because you've already rented, like, you know, it's kind of like the new car out of the lot, right? You get top dollar when it's brand new and nobody lived inside. And now these tenants are going to be there for a while. Number two, very little management. You just put in new appliances, new furnaces new windows, new plumbing, electric, what's going to happen, right? Like very little management. So easy to, to self-manage, not to hire anyone. Number three, you have a unit, a property that has increased in value tremendously. So Just if, because the rents went up. Well, the rents and you even renovate it. <clears throat> so when you renovate something, right, you bring it up to, to today's standards. Plus, as you said, you know, an in, in investment property, it's, the value is calculated two ways. One, based on the comparables. Second time, based on income. So the more you increase the income, the more the property value goes up. And because we are talking about that, when you remodel something, the, my advice to anyone here is to separate utilities. You know, in business, we all know the way to make money is increase revenue and decrease expenses. Mm -hmm. So for a building, when you decrease expenses, when you separate utilities, the monthly cash flow will explode. Because let's say we just bought a four unit with heat included, with an old boiler. Rents $1,000 each. Now you add it a bathroom, maybe laundry, AC. You put a couple hundred thousand in the building, then the rent doubles. Now you're asking 2,000 per unit. You are renting it. You went from four grand to eight grand per unit but per, uh, in income. But the best part, your gas that you're paying maybe 500 bucks a month just went to zero because everybody has washer dryer, hot water tanks, and furnaces in the unit. So your cash flow didn't go up per month just 4,000. It went up 45 because now you're not paying the heat. So this is the best way 
to increase your cash flow and increase the value of the property. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, Joey, I got a question for you. I want to do everything that Lumi just talked about, but I don't have any money in my pocket other than, you know, I've got a good, I've got a good job. My income's stable. Um, you know, I, I can qualify for a loan to purchase this property, but I want to purchase it. I want to renovate it. Uh, and, and I want to follow Lumi's game plan. What do I need to, to show you? What, what do we need to do between you and I, uh, you being, I being the buyer, you being the lender? How am I going to do this with, with someone else's money? Talking about the rental loan, right? Well, yeah, I'm like a two hundred three k. Okay, yeah. yeah when you I, said no money, I was like, "Well, you still got down payment." Well, right? sure, okay, but you, but you tell me, educate me. You're, you're the guy who's going to tell me what I can and can't do, and how I'm going to do what I can do. Well, actually, the, the beauty of this is we have Charlie on right now, and for Charlie used to be a FHA two hundred three k contractor, right, Charlie? I did. I am no yep. longer registered with HUD to do that. No longer, but but it's I've a done good, enough. Uh, person to have in the studio right so one of the things that we use is uh on the rental loans i've done we've always gotten the appraisal done without a full uh spec and plan so we work off of just the budget what they are telling the appraisal they're going to be doing so we use those numbers to figure out how much this is going to cost funds get held in escrow and as work is completed they get released to whoever the contractor is for the amount of work that was actually completed um on charlie's side he he, he can tell you a little bit more about how the 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 the, 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 how, the scope of work i guess mm-hmm. we would call it right uh gets knocked out but on the lending side yeah we want to make sure that the value of the house is going to be there with the work completed based on what they're saying they're going to do and then funds get held in escrow and released uh as work is done it's sim- it's very similar on my end to how a construction loan will work but on a smaller scope so let me let me back up for a moment because i i, I think i understand what you're saying it is basically i'm going to borrow i'm going to borrow the amount to buy the property plus the amount to do the renovation work and Correct. i totally understand that let me back up though because um, you you brought charlie in but I'm, I'm not sure i'm fully understanding where he fits in the picture so i've identified the property i go under contract is it at that point where i would engage someone like charlie i think they're called a hud consultant mm-hmm. and then what is what is charlie's uh remit what's what is he meant to do uh in, in that process you want me to answer that, or sure. you want to do yeah. it, Joey? Oh, well, you can talk I a little bit. I heard Charlie answer that because I have no idea what you do <laughs> other than get stuff back to me. So All right. there is something you know. We've Joey, you and I have talked about the minimum property requirements, and then there's a lot of other stuff that you know they they throw in the universal health and safety, right? And when we go in there as a consultant, we're the first step we're supposed to do, and even though they don't want us to do an actual home inspection. You know, and, and I throw the malarkey flag at that one. Thank you very much, Patrick. <laughs> and I got it here in front of me. Um, but you have to know what's wrong with the property before you can find out what needs to be fixed. Yeah, don't do well, an inspection, can I but add do to an that? inspection. Not just what's <laughs> yeah. wrong with it, but what you can do to increase value. So I'm completing my second two or three K for myself. Like I just and, finished building a second building. And I am going to get to that. I'm sorry okay. to interrupt you real quick. Sure. But there's there's must-haves and there's wants, okay. all right? So the first thing that you have to do is is the priority, the health and safety. You know, if we're broken windows, missing handrails, the furnace isn't working, we got to have those necessities in there. That's got to be done. And then, and I guess I should back up, there's two things I need to know. I need to know the as-is valuation from the appraiser. And I need to know the after renovation value from the from the appraiser. I got to know how much money I got to work with in there. So then I start putting price tags on the must-have dues, and those have to be done first, if they can. I mean, obviously sometimes we have to wait for other things. But then when it comes to what Luminita is saying, if it's talking about adding you know nicer countertops and cabinets and putting higher end in there, we can do it. But we can't exceed, while well, we can, with insulation and energy efficiency. We're not supposed to exceed the after-renovation value of the property, although you could go 10% over that with if it all has to do with energy efficiency stuff. But then we're talking blower doors and you know a bunch of other stuff that comes with it. And the, the biggest problem with that is working with different contractors. Because, you know, it's if anybody's watched any of these home renovation TV shows, 
two-thirds of the way through it, oh my God, we got a big problem and we're going to eat into our contingency. <laughs> well, the, the biggest problem I had with these contingency funds is the contractors wanted to eat those up right away. They wanted to empty those down. <laughs> and I was a big jerk about it. And and I would say, no, that's we're doing that last. Everything else gets done first. You want to spend more, you eat it and you wait, you know, plain and simple. And we're just not going to do it, you know, because then all of a sudden they run out of money and the contractor is not going to get paid anymore. And I got no money to hire somebody else. And that's what, you know, they, they sit here and offer a low, low price knowing that they're going to get you on the change orders. And it, there are no change orders with the 203K. Absolutely. So, Luminita, if you want to add to that, please. Oh, you describe it perfectly. And what I usually do, I look at uni, uh, when I buy these buildings. So I bought two for myself, one in 2013 and one early last year. And I'm just completing it now. And that's because of contractor prog- problems, as you were saying, yeah. and things that happen. But however, now it's finally completed, done. Yeah. And there's always going to be a problem. Oh, my gosh, what always. I, what I tell my clients, you know, I've got construction experience, uh, and I, you know, both in actual being in construction as well as being on on the law side of things um and my experience suggests that expect problems number one yes. expect it like be, know that it's going to happen and have ready. extra reserves you're going to get a you're going to get a phone yes. call at some point during the process that you didn't you wish you hadn't got um so that's number one and then number two is however long you think it's going to take times two Correct. Yep. Times to it. Because twice as much money, twice as much time. Especially if you're in the city, if that's just how it is. Contractors be contracting. Um, you know, which I guess that only that's only funny to me, um, just because <laughs> I, I sort of know. You know contractors, they, they sort of they, they, they uh, march to the beat of their own drummer often. And you go, you know, it's Tuesday. You said you were going to be here on Tuesday. And, and they just decided they would rather be on a different job that Tuesday because whatever, you know, it's closer to home, you know, right. whatever, whatever happens. Well, it's they, a they, sunny day. I think I'm going to go fishing. Yeah, they work for you, but they don't work for you. Yeah. Um, you well, know, so I think Charlie's right in the sense of you don't pay anyone. If you pay them after the work is done and you always keep a 10% reserve even from that, they will show up because they want to get paid. So one of the trick is pay more, have more draws. Most of the people are trying to avoid having more draws because each costs you about 500 bucks. And they say, well, I don't want to spend the money. But it's better, instead of getting giving the contractor too much money ahead for materials or to mm-hmm. pay them too much, it's better to pay multiple draws uh, give them little by little the money because what I discover is that's when they show up. They need to get paid. They need to pay their people, and they will come in. You know, I, I think this is really important, and I just I want to dwell on it for a moment. And you know, that advice is such good advice because how do you motivate a contractor? Because we've all heard stories about you know people getting you know done. Uh, not, not done, uh, not treated well by contractors, right? And right. this this is one where uh, I think the advice is be um, penny wise instead of pound foolish, right? Yes. So if you're going to spend an extra twenty five hundred dollars on draws, how much money is that inevitably going to inevitably going to save, save you, you mm-hmm. in the future? I would say that what Lum, what Lumi is suggesting is 99% of the time going to ultimately be a a cost savings oh, even though you're putting more money into something that you won't you don't necessarily you can't it's not a, a, a tangible value um, but but learning from that experience and and taking that advice again to the tens I call of people those golden nuggets yeah to <laughs> the know, tens of people really that do. are listening it's, to this you don't this, realize it you know I mean, you know, by the time Charlie's ready to invest, which will be in 20 years after we've been doing this show that long, <laughs> he is going to know exactly what to do when it when it comes time. Patrick, how do people get hold of you? <laughs> if, if, if you want, in less if, than 20 years, if if you want to get in touch with me, if you want to talk to a lawyer who is going to talk to you like we're both equals, like you actually pr- bring value to 
the conversation rather than having a lawyer that's going to talk down to you like a lot of these guys do. And guys, guys meaning, you know, the androgynous version of guys. Okay. We're at WCPT. I've got to, you know, be, um, you know, I'm, I've got you got to make sure the facts matter. I've got to fly my progressive flag. There it is. And, and, and I, it's, a, it's a fairly large flag, my progressive flag, um, just because anyways, um, find me on social media. Don't call or text me. I mean, you can <laughs> leave a message. Yeah, if you call or text. OK, if you call me. <laughs> right. Leave a message with my answering service. I have an answering service for a reason. I can't tell you how many times, you know, people just, you know, the answering service picks up, clink, they hang up. And it's like. Hey, you leave a message. I'll call you back. Well, I, I have will. to defend you a little bit, or not defend you. I got to attack you a little bit. Oh, please. Um, I called and I and your answering service picked up, and I told them I was a prince from Nigeria, and they hung up on me. <laughs> yeah, that's why I pay them all the money I pay them because they know. <laughs> they, they do know. know. <laughs> Luminita, how do they get hold of you if they I have didn't questions? Didn't even tell them how so, to get a hold. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell uh, me the number. Find me on social media <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> at loftus underscore law on TikTok at. Loftus Law. Come follow me, man. I'm a trip. You are a trip. And right. I, and you do share a lot of good information. I share. All seriousness. Luminita, please, can you give us your contact information? Sure. So my phone number is 773-392-2906. I do pick up the phone if I get the chance. If I'm not in a meeting, but usually texts are great. Emails are amazing. Instagram is great. And it's my name on Instagram. Um or, you know, send an email through my, uh, send a message through my website. Thank you. Outstanding. My name is Charlie Belfontaine. I own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. We also own Home Inspection University of Illinois. And again, everything is about sharing as much information as you can. Um, I actually got a pretty cool review this morning from somebody that went through one of our training programs. This is like one of the first times it wasn't a past client. But he was going above and beyond about, you know, the amount of information, the passion, more so what we really don't know and what we need to learn in order to succeed in this business. And a lot of people don't realize that home inspectors, real estate agents, roughly 80 percent, if not more, fail and they go out of business in two years or less. It's a very oh. common thing. Um, and I could back that up with some stats. Our website is www.thehomeinspectors. That's plural. It's an ORS and it's a .com. And the school site is hiuil.com, Home Inspection University, Illinois.com. And Joey, I want to hear your contact information, but there was something I wanted to reach out when Luminita was talking about. Or, and I think it was Patrick as well, using 75% of the rents. And how do you figure out, after you give your info, your contact info, how do you figure out how much money from rents you're allowed to use and what that number actually should be? Because you're the the gatekeeper of the loan, right? Right. Oh, oh, kind of. Uh, all right. So Joey Matthews, <laughs> VA Loan Nerd. Uh, you can find me at thevaloannerd.com. Across all social medias as at thevaloannerd. You can call or text me at 630-235. Two four zero five. Uh, so monthly rents, we will usually get our projection from the realtor initially, right? Um, but there is something that is added to the appraisal. It is called a rent roll, a 1007 report. And they, along with obviously the information they're receiving from the realtor for future comps for the as improved property value, they will then use an as improved rent roll, right? So we will get an idea of what those rents are going to be. And then we will take 75% of whatever is on that report and we actually use it towards offsetting the mortgage, right? Okay. So if your future rents are showing at $4,000 a month, that's what you can anticipate to receive from the property, we will use $3,000 a month uh, for qualifying that income, right? Um, so that's that's uh, that's that's really what we look at. Uh, if you are one of those very fancy people that doesn't actually have to use rents, then no harm, no foul. We won't even use rents. Doesn't matter because you make so much money, we don't care. Um, <laughs> so when you say just, when you say that three thousand dollars is part of your income, does that mean that it still has to fall under the I don't know thirty three fifty rule or something like that? 
Uh, so that's that is a guideline for investing, right? You want to that that's not like a rule on the loan side, uh, unless you're talking about debt ratios right now, the thirty three fifty. So I, I, I imagine that's what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, if we don't need the rents because your debt ratios are good to go and we're we're flying through automated underwriting, then we we don't need to worry about it, right? And it also reduces your reserve requirement because if we're not using rents. Uh, to qualify for income purposes that we don't have to use reserves either. What reserves are, are additional funds that you have in the bank on top of the funds that you are using towards closing, right? So if you need six months of reserves and your payment is at $4,000 a month, how much do we need? We need $24,000 in reserve. That can be satisfied by a 401k. That can be satisfied by an IRA, a checking savings, a CD, any gotcha. money that you could technically have access to, right? A brokerage account. That's what I use. Um, anywho, so... There's and a lot. Yep. Joey, can you share also about uh, the fact that you can finance a fi up to five mortgage payment during construction? Oh, well, and so this is actually a very nice thing about uh, the renovation construction loans is that there are programs that do allow you to finance those additional funds, right? That way, because during construction, you're probably not living in the house, right? right. So you're just bleeding money, right? So you you're allowed to finance those payments and not actually be paying until you're actually occupying the property. On a lot of my one-time closed construction stuff, we have the same thing where you're making no payments. All payments are deferred until construction is complete. Um, so that way, it, it, which That's is also- That's a big risk want, on the bank. I want one of those. It's, yeah. It I is, one of those it is a big risk. But I, I'll never finish my construction. I still uh, got no, 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 it's up to five mortgage done. payments. So it's five mortgage payments or six months, of, you know, because the first month you don't have a payment, right? Plus five. So really, mm -hmm. it's maximum five, six. After the sixth, you have to start paying. Okay. At yeah, least uh, on the FHA. Joey uh, might have FHA other programs that I'm not aware, yeah. but on the FHA 203K and the conventional There's a lot of reno. awesome reno programs. Yes. Yeah. She, uh, Lumini is absolutely correct. On those, uh, on those you know, um, GSE products, government service entity products, then yes, those are the rules. Charlie just thought he found a life pro tip where it's like, you know, it's just perpetual construction. And yeah, thank you for the mortgage. free money. I'm never going to pay it back. Charlie, that uh, doesn't work that way, though. Joey, another question uh, for you. Uh, this is a really Joey heavy episode. I'm, I'm loving it because, uh, you know, and, he's, and he sounds good. Cause he's, anyways, um, <laughs> down payments on, on these kind of, <laughs> yeah, I deserve that. Uh, down payments for these kinds of loans. Yeah, are we are we talking the the twenty five percent or you know what 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 can I do, uh, you know, in terms of trying to to keep as much of my cash in my own pocket as opposed to sinking it into um, the a, a less liquid asset. No. No, no, none of that craziness. Three and a half percent on uh, FHA, and now you can do five percent on conventional. And if you're really With crazy, the, on a you can do zero percent. That's something yeah. new, I think. Yes, right. Yes, but for the first time buyers only. Yeah, 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 yeah. First time buyer. So what's a first time and buyer? Owner occupant though? too, isn't it? Yes, correct. Owner occupant, correct. What, what is considered a first time buyer? Because I think th Somebody those rules are. not had ownership interest, pro ownership interest in a property within the last three years. So three. If, uh, yeah. if you were not on a loan, but you were on title, you had ownership interest. So you're not a first time buyer if you've ever been on title in the last three years. All right. So don't add my wife to title. And then she's <laughs> oh going to buy a four unit and we're going to be rich. And then I can quit this. I just about used a. Hey, you, <laughs> you live for free. You get to live for free. Yeah. You just cover a third of your expenses. I can I can be a, just a kept man, uh, and and my wife will take care of me. I love it. You know, Real I got to ask you, why do people? I, I just don't understand what the attraction is for renting. I, I and I mean, we're talking a thousand dollars a bedroom seems to be the going rate in the nice neighborhoods in Chicago. So I. My stepdaughter right now, she's two grand. It's just uh, in Logan Square, and it's a two-bedroom condo that she pays, and she wants to move next summer, and it's going to be even more money, you know, where they want to go to. And I just don't get it. And I'm trying to talk her into buying and let other people pay for you, you know, so and she's afraid. I think that, uh, first of all, you have... Um, people that are young, that they just completed school, they don't know yet where they want to live or they are going to be in programs uh, where they know that they will be with the company for two to three years. And or if you have people that move in town, you have people that don't know the neighborhoods yet. They, again, 
it's they don't want they don't know where to live. You have people that think that they will have more freedom if they rent. And they have more control because they don't have to fix up their property. They don't have to upkeep a property. And then they think that they will invest more money in the market if somehow they control the rent, which, as we know, mm-hmm. it's actually worse. Yeah. You, you secure a mortgage payment 10 years ago, your payment is probably half of what the rent will be today. Really secure your payment. But that's something that's hard to believe. You know, I, and I go back to... You know, my first job as a full-time firefighter paramedic, and that was in 1985, I was making 14500 a year. Mm-hmm. All right, 14500 wow. a year as a full-time firefighter paramedic. That's a pretty amazing, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you, if you give it context, I mean, that's... That's what that's, I'm trying to do. That's what a, that's what an, a starting salary was, and you could, you know pay your bills and and live. I mean, you weren't going to be lavish. You weren't right, going to no. Vegas, uh, you know, on uh, you know, at the drop of a but hat. I was be and how much would have been the rent though at that time? How much was a rent or a mortgage payment? Or was... $175 a month. Wow. Yeah. And how much was a starter home uh, selling for? Uh, my first home I bought in Elmhurst, Illinois was just under 100,000 at 18% interest. Wow, and how much was the mortgage payment? About a thousand. Oh wow! And that included escrow and everything else. It was a yeah, thousand gotcha. a month. That's I mean for for that. Time. But I was making more. Right. You know. What do you think that that house will go for today? Any idea? I'm gonna guess somewhere in the sevens. Yeah. And sometimes I wish I would have hung on to that house and not moved out of it. Because <laughs> yeah. Elmer's is a great neighborhood. Absolutely. It's great a proud schools. community. It says so right on the sign <laughs> when you drive in there. Well, that and listen, it, that's that's part of what what can be difficult to, to start to appreciate is the difference between a purchase and an, an investment. Um, you know, when, when you purchase a home, really what that is is an investment. You're not, you're not purchasing something that is... Um, you know that that is disposable that that you're going to consume and and, and you're going to, to chuck in the garbage or that is going to lose value over some period of time but can most I add properties th- are investments i don't care how well, you look at it can, That's what I'm can saying. i add something yeah. to it though you Please. know how you can make so what i advise all my clients is number one when you buy an investment you buy the largest you can when you buy your home you buy the smallest you can people oh do God, the I opposite use those exact same words and <laughs> the cheapest house in the best neighborhood yes and then the other mm-hmm. thing is when you buy you want to make sure that that more like in case something happened and you have to move out and you cannot sell what well, you know you don't want to sell that whatever rent you can get on that property will 100% cover all the expenses and possible give you cash flow so that comes with two issues one not two issues but two points one that property has to be in a in a community that allows rentals because I've done so many short sales between 2009 and 2015 because in buildings downtown where people had to move yeah so you're and they, talking and, and about they, the they homeowners you hardship so- you're yes, talking about homeowners exactly. associations, not not municipalities. Correct. So yeah. you have to allow rentals, number one. Number two, again, you want to buy with fixed rates, no matter what. Fixed rates, right? No arms, no adjustable interest. I now, do... back in 1985 or 88, 88 is when I bought that house. I did get an adjustable rate mortgage, and I and that was the best thing I ever did. Oh, because it went down after that. Every single month, it kept right. dropping. But yeah. the good thing, even if let's say you would have gotten a thirty-year fixed, you could have refinance, you know, keep refinancing the home. And I did at eleven percent because it's never going to go lower than eleven <laughs> percent. Absolutely, never. So, uh, but we're more afraid of going up, right? Right now, that's why you want the the fixed interest. The other advice I will always give buyers. Do not buy into getting a 15-year or 10-year mortgage. You want to take the 30-year mortgage and pay it as a 15 or a 10. Again, some of the foreclosures I've seen, some of the short sale I've seen, were people that had maybe 10 years left and they refinanced into a 10-year mortgage and their payment balloon and they couldn't afford it. Because even though you think, oh, I can afford the payment on a 10-year or a 15, you don't know if you'll get sick if you're going to be moved, if something will happen to you. So what you do, you take the year, 30-year mortgage and add the principal every month you can afford to pay it as a 10 to 15-year mortgage. Joey, you mean agree or disagree on that? Well, I uh, I would agree. So, I mean, but also to, to her earlier point, you obviously want to make sure that uh, you don't put yourself in a tight spot. So as long as you can afford to pay that, 
absolutely pay it down and then something that i enjoy doing is i pull assets back out to buy more property that's uh there's a lot of people it's called the the burrs the b-r-r-r-r's uh geez uh buy rehab rent refinance and keep going by the and next repeat. one by the next one yeah. yep and repeat i missed yes. the repeat that's the important <laughs> one <laughs> Well, don't Love skip it. any of them. They're all important. Don't don't skip any of those. Uh, but Charlie, you know, to, to go back to your your original question, like why do people rent instead of yeah. own? Um, I mean, you know, number one, not everyone has the credit to qualify for a loan. That's my, true. My tenants have been in the in my property since two thousand eight. All right, so I, you know, wow. I'm, I'm not, I don't want to do the math. Uh, you know, and it's a situation like I described oh. earlier, where it's like, you know, do I raise the rent and risk them leaving, and now I've got you know some period of time where I'm covering two mortgages, or do I just keep going? Uh, you know. Uh, you know, let them be under market and and happy living in my place, um, or you know, you know what 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 is my ultimate goal with it? And you know, really, I just want to be. I, I want a nice, calm investment. You know, all of the mechanicals have been switched out. Uh, you know, at great expense. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, really, um, like Lumi was saying earlier, if if all of the big ticket items are you know more or less new, then that becomes a very stable investment. Investment that doesn't require a lot of management. Um, I don't have to pay anyone to manage the property, uh, so so that's one. So those folks, you know, I, you know, they're we've had a 15 year relationship and and it's it's gone well so far. <laughs> that does make um, a difference, though. Long term relationships are yeah, I, they're know. they're the right tenants f- yeah. uh, for that place, and, and you know, you. I, I'm able to say that I've I've been able to um you know to to make that available for a family that might not have been able to afford you know to to, to be in in such a place, and you know that that makes me feel good, and you know feelings are nice, um good feelings at least. Yep. So so that's one. I mean, you know, why, why do you rent? Because I can't qualify for a loan. But the other one, and and I think you answered it before you even um moved toward uh, seeking an answer which is fear yeah and you know if, if the if the most expensive thing you've ever purchased was like a ten thousand dollar used car the idea of spending two two hundred fifty three hundred thousand dollars on anything just seems crazy it just seems crazy especially uh, you know when you're when you're younger i know i bought my first place for I spent one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars in two thousand seven. Great move, uh, right at the right exact time, February two thousand seven. Just did get back to that value, um, you know now. But uh, you know, Lumi, it, I, it, I want it was, to add something to it, though, Patrick. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead, finish. Because I, I, I just realized you didn't finish your idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one thing you said was, you know, it, it, come hack or high water. I think you can say the other one, but you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I was able to rent it out when, you know, after about a year, my circumstances changed with my job and other things because everything was cr- going crazy uh, during that time frame. Um, I was able to uh, to rent it for a sufficient amount of money to cover what it was costing me um, to uh, to to maintain my my expenses. So um, I, I was a you know the, the, despite it not being the wisest uh, in timing for that investment. It was a wise enough investment that it didn't completely lock me into a situation that no longer suited me. Um, so, you know, all things considered, uh, you know, th- all, all that works out fine. But, but the fear, I, I think, really, um, you know, un- until you're ready, so to speak, to, to be a homeowner, you know, it, if if she just emotionally doesn't isn't quite there yet and wants to rent for a little while longer well she's you know, a grown-up she's you know this is america uh mm-hmm. we don't have our flag here to wave um, oh i'm waving baby you, well, oh well but patrick <laughs> you know waving. fear it's it's not having the right education so i always you know i'm an immigrant i came here at least knowing that i don't know anything the americans they're just starting having educa- financial education in schools Financial education, it's still in most, not in most schools. Well, so people don't understand. On that note, though, you know, here in America, we we get real smart. You know, we start off born, we know nothing. And then as we go through school, we get to be like around 18 years old. Now we know everything. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then we get dumber the the more we grow older. Yeah. So it, that's just the way it works Very here in the annoying. States. So 
Well, no, no. Like in, a, in the rest of the world, there is not a lot of financial education either. But what I'm trying to say is because I think I got, I was really lucky because coming new, I was like, well, I don't know anything. I really have to get educated, right? If I would have been born here, maybe I wouldn't have done what I've done. But because I, I, I was that's new, exactly true. right? Uh, you know, because it said that up to 90% of millionaires are made out of real estate, and it's because inflation, appreciation, equity building by paying a property off cash flow, tax deductions. When you invest in real estate, you have five benefits versus any other investment. And it's taxed as long-term gains, or when you sell, you have you pay no tax up to 250,000 if you're not married. There's a lot of benefits. And up to half a million if you're, if you're married. If you had that in stock, think about how much tax you would have paid. Or well, yeah. lower your income it's by your insurance, your interest, right. your taxes. Everything it's a, else. It's very difficult to live in my stock portfolio. Um, right. You know, every time I <laughs> knock too. on the door of one of my, the companies I hold, they just go, you know, yeah, we'll invite you to the shareholders meeting in New York. But that's, that's as much as they're offering. Um, whereas my, my, my home, I get to, you know, I can just sit on the couch all I want. And, you know, the, the, the home just says, you know, hey, cool. Right. Yeah. And it's, that's why I started teaching, uh, you know, seminars 17 years ago about real estate to just educate people on how many benefits and how it's a forced saving. Because, you know, over 50 60 percent of the country lives paycheck to paycheck. So you cannot save money. But if you live in an investment in a three flat or in a house, you know, you have to pay your mortgage. So you save, you pay that little principal, which is a forced saving month after month after month, no matter what happens. Again, increase your income or decrease your expenses. Correct. Or do both. Yep. All right. And it's kind of what you're talking about there is is getting rid of those expenses, you know. And everything on building wealth, the way I understand it was taught to me, I give special thanks to my brother-in-law. You have to have savings, all right? You really yes. shouldn't be without savings. I think you call them reserves, or Joey did, you know? And then property is huge and investments. So, you know, whether whether you're an earned income or a business income, you know, and, and that's another thing a lot of people don't realize. When you're an earned incomer, they take your taxes out first. Yeah. When you're a business incomer, you get to spend everything you know, well, and, it's that it's related and, to business, yeah, but and, you do. And I have. And you then know? the IRS goes, uh, send me, and I go, what? oh, right. There's And then others. your mortgage guy's like, yeah, just so you know, you make about a G a month. So I apologize <laughs> for the misunderstanding. Yeah. But, but, but you know, the, when you have investment, though, you get the depreciation added back. So you oh, can yes, you qualify. Do. What's a savings? Can someone, how, how is that, what do you, what's a, what is a savings? <laughs> it's the money that you don't spend every month and you just leave it in, a new t in an account. I don't get it. You know, it makes a little bit of interest. Do not understand whatsoever. <laughs> well, on that note, I think, <laughs> Joey, I'm going to have you start. We got two minutes left and I still want to give out contact information for everybody. If you don't mind, give us a start. Now, I told you how much I spent on that duvet, so. <laughs> Oh, Joey Matthews, the <laughs> VA Loan Nerd. You can find me at the VALoanNerd.com. Across all social medias as at the VA Loan Nerd. You can call or text me at 630-235-2405. Is that VALoanNerd.com, is that going to be the school site? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Right now it's just a redirect to my loan application page, but as soon as the website releases, it will have all of my education stuff and all kinds of things. All kinds of stuff. Are you planning on a subscription for that, or are you you're planning on giving it for free? Uh, it's it's going to change over time. Uh, I, I Fair enough. Eventually there will be a subscription because there will be buyers coming to it and there will be leads coming from it. So. All right. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with giving some free and some paid. That's what I do right now. Patrick, if you don't mind, give us your contact info. Yeah, I don't have I don't have any all that. But uh, if you want to talk to a lawyer, <laughs> find me on in, find me on Instagram uh, at Loftus underscore Law. Loftus is spelled L-O-F like Frank, T like Tom, U-S like Sam, underscore law. On TikTok, find me at Loftus Law. And Luminita, please? Lumi Ispas. You can actually Google my name, L-U-M-I-I-S-P-A-S, Lumi Ispas, with financial freedom and how to become a millionaire seminars. Sounds good. And your phone number, please? 773-392-2906. Sounds good. And my name is Charlie Belfontaine. We own Chicagoland Home Inspectors. I want to thank everybody for listening. Our phone number is 312-544-9180. I'd like to give a special thank you to Devin Tingle. He's a producer of the show. 
And again, my name is Charlie, and I am out. Home buyers, catch us if you can.